Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh my God. How did I do that? Oh, sorry, everybody. This is Take the Black Live. It's impressive. Thank you. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show where myself, Dan Selke of WinnersComing.net, and Daniel Roman, also of WinnersComing.net, talk all things sci-fi, fantasy, movies, television, occasionally books, gavels, magic tricks, and um, such things as this. Daniel, how are you on this blisteringly hot Wednesday afternoon. I don't know what it's like in upstate New York, but here in Chicago, I think we've broken 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Ooh, wow. Okay. Well, it's not like that here. Uh, I Yeah, I'm in the Northeast New York and uh, you autumn's coming in. So it's a little cooler here than it has been. Uh, yeah. Thank you for tuning into our weather, our weather report. Uh, but I'm good. I'm a little out of it. I'm a little tired because I had a late night last That's night true. in the name of science fiction duty. We will talk about that. Sounds funnier now that I've said it out loud. Duty is uh, a funny but word. Yeah, yeah. We, we have some some cool stuff to talk about. Uh, what's up first, Dan? Uh, first of all, um, yes, you did stay up late last night and it was so you could talk to the folk about a TV show you watch. So we honor you. You are yes. judged awesome. Uh, but first, I'm going to welcome all the commenters. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming. It's it's 110 where Andrew is. Where are you, Andrew? I forget. Ooh. Now we know what we do off stream. Look, if staring at a floppy pencil for an hour, an hour and a half inclusive is wrong, I don't want to be right. Uh, hello, Martha. Hello, Julie. Hello again. H- hello, everybody. Thanks for coming. You came in a good one. We have a brand new spicy show to talk about, but let's start our program as we often do these days, going over some of the latest dispatches from the front lines of um, the Battle of Rook's Rest, which is a big war sequence that the House of the Dragon crew, cast and crew, are filming in Bourne Woods in merry old England. They've been doing this for a while now, so I am expecting mm-hmm. a banger of an action scene when it finally comes on our screen sometime next year. Fingers crossed. Basically, they've been filming this big battle scene. We have a picture here of what looks like the aftermath as various soldiers crawl across the field pleading for their life. How could you do this to me, ye seven gods? <laughs> looks like a dragon's been at them. Uh, this scene, in some way, I won't spoil much of it, uh, Kristen Cole marches some soldiers to a place called Rook's Rest. Rook's Rest has a guy named Lord Stoughton in charge of it. He's loyal to Rhaenyra. Kristen's loyal to Aegon. There's a fight. Soldiers clash on the ground. Dragons clash in the sky. It's ugly. It's brutal. It should be a hell of a lot of fun. And, I mean, not for them. Those um, corpse bodies look like they've seen better days. Oh, I also love this picture of an extra who's clearly been <laughs> had a intensive burn makeup applied after close encounter with a dragon just eating a snack because I mean, dead or not, you got to eat. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the corpse makeup uh, that cracked me up, too, when I saw these behind the yeah, scenes pictures. Yeah, it looks like some some fun times happening on the House of the Dragon set. You're right. They have been filming this for yeah. weeks now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, hopefully this is a banger. 
And I hope that we all have as good of a time as that that person in the prosthetics looks to be having. And we've got some people pointing out in the chat. Uh, so this week, a year ago, House of the Dragon premiered. That's so true. Happy anniversary, y'all. Uh, <sighs> yeah, kind, kind of crazy. Time does fly. I agree That's with crazy. you, Andrew. A year went by fast. It's unfortunate that shows are so big these days that they can't do a yearly release like these kinds of shows that is too bad i miss the yearly release schedules the i mean the the other side is there's still so many good things coming out that you i'm still entertained by tv pretty much year round unless until the strike (laughs) stuff uh, intervenes but it yeah it is too bad that we can't have like a season of game of thrones a year it is too bad that animating thirty thousand dragons in the sky all within like pixel perfect detail takes more time than I would prefer, but you get what you'll <laughs> wait for. And hopefully it also means that if it's bad waiting for it feels ugh, extra unsatisfying risky. And if it's great, yeah. it's, it's as great as it is, or it must be that much better to justify the wait time. But you know what? I think it's going to be, by the way, Andrew is from Texas and um, I'm sorry. It's so hot there, but yeah, it's hot everywhere. Or at least now we had great weather here in Chicago for a bit. And yes, Nicole agrees, which really was worth yeah. saying. I, I mean, of course, we all do, right? I mean, we, we, we all yeah. wish that, but I mean, we just have to reconcile with the reality of modern movie making and just lube on with our lives somehow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It, you know, it, I don't know how I feel about the fact that it's become such a norm that so really many shows are doing it. Thing, yeah. I've seen people talk about this, like related to the strikes, how... Part of it might have to do with the way the pipeline has been restructured. But for a show like House of the Dragon, it does feel kind of inevitable for the size and the scope of the thing. I mean, Westworld was kind of the show that started that trend a little bit because they were always doing two years between seasons right from the start. And to wait two years for a new season of Westworld. God, the album. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I wish, you know, I wish there was a little more balance because there are some shows like, you know, Good Omens is an example of this, I think, where that was a long wait between seasons. And that's a specific example where, like, yeah, that is, you know, there were four. Pretty... We didn't expect there to even be a season two. So I, I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily putting go- Good Omens out. But my point is for even the shows that aren't, you know, filming massive battle scenes, some a lot of them seem like they're starting to go to this two year wait time. And that's. I'm not okay with. Um, <laughs> but While we, yeah, uh, it looks like the filming is... No, that's all right. I was just going to segue into our next photo. So did you have something before we discuss a very concerned looking man? I was going to do the same thing, but you already started. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they're filming Rook's Rest. Uh, this is why it is taking two years between seasons because it's a big deal with a lot of stuff going on. And uh, we've gotten some really cool images from Folk Hero Unbox PhD, who is still out there taking pictures. This next one we're going to look at is of Kristen Cole, the Lord Commander of King Aegon II's Kingsguard, mm-hmm. who will probably be one of the instrumental figures oh, yeah. in He's this everywhere. battle. Yeah. So there are going to be dragon riders involved, but on the ground, Kristen is kind of the main character we've seen for this sequence so far. Um, He's been on set. It seems like most of the time they've been filming it as opposed to, uh, I think we've got some pictures. Yeah, we've got pictures of someone else we're going to look at in a second who is just on set starting this week, it seems. But yeah, so Kristen, Kristen's going to have his work cut out for him. It sounds like he, there was a recording someone got of him giving a speech 
Is that right, Dan? Yes. Today, there's video going around of him giving like a rousing speech that I will read for you now. <clears throat> this is uh, Kristen Cole addressing the Green Soldiers, the Battle of Rooksrest. Men at arms, your king has joined you. Hold to your courage. Hold to your wits. For the seven have blessed and shielded this host with divine purpose. For the one true king, Aegon, advance! Is how I would do it if I were there. Look out, Fabian Frankel. Yeah, I'm sure Fabian Frankel will do a good job, too. <laughs> Not a bad speech as far as St. Crispin's Day war speeches go. Um, I also yeah. like the line about... Um, your king has joined you. So they definitely are doing <laughs> um, the bit where yes. King Aegon will ride in on his dragon, fight Rhaenys Targaryen and her dragon. And we know there will be another dragon there because we have a third person there. So far, I'm just... Yep. Sometimes these pictures, like people have kind of interpreted them in different ways. Like they've... Unbox PhD is so amazing. Sometimes he's like yes. hinted that like Rhaenyra... Or that like some dragons that aren't there are there, but it it, it looks like everything we've seen it, it's it's going to play out the way it does in the book, which I'm which I'm happy about. I don't want any deviations yeah. for this. Yeah, if anyone wants to um, congratulate me on my amazing um, performance, you feel free to do that. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy eighty percent lean ground beef for three forty nine a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, We also have a picture of... By the way, that might be Kristen's stunt double. I'm not entirely sure. Because of the yeah. hair, but whatever. With uh, oh hell, Ewan Mitchell, who plays Aemon Targaryen, yeah. seen here in a hairnet between takes. That, that's how you can tell he's not actually filming because he has his hair up in a little like bandy thing. When it's yeah. time for the cameras to roll, that comes out, and the silver white locks start a flapping everywhere. But yeah, Aemon Targaryen's on set because he's one of the three dragon riders that comes and just screws shit up at twenty thousand feet. Him, Rainey's, yeah. and King Aegon mix it up in the sky on their dragons, who are Vagar, Meles, and Sunfire, respectively. Uh, and it's gonna be nice. a mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and I like you said, this is not actually filming. I had to stare at this one for a second. I didn't even notice the hairnet. The thing that threw me is it looks mm. like he's wearing a t-shirt here. Uh, so I, maybe he's got um, a jacket or something he's gonna put on over this. But yeah, it. I am excited to see all of these hints that things are going to play out more or less similarly. You know, we've, we haven't seen Eve Best on set. She's kind of the one missing puzzle piece of this sequence that we have yet to see. Uh, but it's really cool to see you and Mitchell. It's cool to hear that Egon is there. I do wonder, you know, how much they're going to be filming on the ground. Cause I don't think we have this one, but there are also shots of you and Mitchell with a sword and the dragon riders don't really get down on the ground mixing it up in in this fight in the book in, mm -hmm. in the skeletal way that George R. R. Martin describes it in the book because it's not a true like beat for beat depiction of it. It just talks about the dragons clashing and one falling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is exciting stuff. I am I, this is getting me more hyped for Rook's Rest yeah. 
it looks pretty good that I ever expected to be like, not, not that I wasn't hyped before, but if you had been like, what are you looking forward to? Rook's rest would have been on the list. I don't know if it would have been the first thing on the list, but after all of these photos, I'm definitely looking forward to Rook's rest a lot. Yeah. They're obviously putting a lot of effort into it. I think the sword, when he also had the hair in it on, so I think he's just kind of practicing. I hope Yeah, that's a good way to tell when the cameras are rolling. Are the Targaryen locks out and proud or are they tied up to preserve the follicular integrity. Um, also, Ooh, thank you, nice. Andrew. I, I love my words for clarifying that. Two years ago today, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped. Cool. That was a big old movie. Everybody saw it. That was the. It was. The, it was indeed. That was the the biggest movie before Barbie came along and made us remember that we enjoyed going to the theater again. Um, yeah. But yeah. Lots of good stuff going on on the House of Dragons set. We also have, in the same area, one final picture of it in Bourne Woods in England. <laughs> they also dusted the yeah. trees with snow, which I guess if you're... And snow does not fall on a works dress and does not fall in the south around King's Landing. So our guess is they're dressing the set for some filming in the north because we know Jace is going up there. We know he's going to go to Winterfell, which is a lot of fun. We know he's going to meet up with Cregan Stark, who's the lord of that place, and become buddies. And I guess they figure if we're in one wooded area... Eh, why bother finding a different bunch of trees? Just put some snow down here. Yeah. We can make this Winterfell too, because movies are magic. Yeah, this is a fun one because, you know, a lot of the Game of Thrones forest scenes uh, are in and around Winterfell. I think we're, you know, they were more uh, northern than what we're seeing here. So it, it's fun to see this and to kind of, you know, look at how high up the snow is and think about how the camera might only reach to a certain height. Uh, presumably this is going to be a relatively small scene because it doesn't look like they dusted a lot of the forest. But yeah, movie magic at work. Love it. Um, And that's House of the Dragon. Lots of happening. Lots will still happen. We'll bring you stuff uh, next week. And Nicole says, damn, hope that fake stone is safe for the plants and animals. I do too. I know that the fake stone is pretty advanced nowadays that they're using. It's a business called Snow Business. That's true. (laughs) I did look this up. That is a fact. Uh, That apparently specializes in making fake snow movies and TV. I'll hope that Snow Business knows what they're doing when it comes to environmental safety. Can I tell you about the series yeah. of fake taglines that me and my partner come up with for the Jon Snow show? Uh, maybe sh- sh- I'm going to share my dad jokes. Just basically just imagine like a commercial for the hypothetical Jon Snow show. And then at the end, it says like, um, like snowbody knows the trouble he's seen or like uh, snowbody does it like Jon and just like that over and over and just HBO. These are all free. You can have them. No, what I'm talking about. Pay me, pay me, pay me. Um, no, so I no. hope that happens. And yes, Andrew, as he said, <laughs> Slam 2 is supposed to come out next year. No, it's supposed to come out next year. I mean, with the strikes on and everything, it could throw a wrench into it. Although, obviously, they're filming. Uh, I guess brief strike update. They met the writers in the studios, I think, yesterday or maybe it was Monday night. And basically, the writers said that, to be fair, the studios, I think, did offer more than they did originally. But they were very hard line as in like, this is the offer and that's what we're offering and that's it so yes it's it's a weird thing where you like kind of give a little bit but then say like and we're not going to give any more once we said about the last time so if i were them i'd try to get more yeah so this is uh this strike update it's been an interest it's this whole thing is interesting hopefully house of the dragon is not really going to be pushed back it kind of depends on it what they need to do for reshoots how post-production can proceed without someone like Ryan Condal. I, you know, there are all sorts of questions about what will happen after they're done filming what they can film right now for season two. Mm -hmm. 
but with the with the negotiations so this was the first time that the AMPTP which is the studios has made an offer has made a counter offer to the writers guild so it took them what 100 and something go. days to even make any sort of offer and yeah, yeah they you know Within 20 minutes of the Writers Guild leaving the room, the studios leaked their proposal to the press. All these leaks. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a whole thing. It's definitely very shady, but hopefully they get it worked out because we all want TV and movies and we want these actors to be able to promote them. But yeah, so House of the Dragon. What were you going to say? As Nicole says, at least offers are being made. Communication is happening. That's progress. It is. I think we're getting it towards is. something. Yes. Before we move on, I just want to say um, <laughs> uh, this November, there's snowwhere to run, snowwere to hide, snow, 8, 8 p.m. on Sundays on HBO. <laughs> okay. He snows nothing. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> no, but, okay, yes. There's a million of them. <laughs> oh, too many. Daniel, what else are we talking about? Why did you stay up so late last night? What were you doing? Why didn't you get your rest? Yeah, I stayed up really late because Disney changed the premiere time for Ahsoka. So it dropped a day early, which is exciting. I don't mean to make it sound not exciting, but it did throw my week for a spin. Uh, But yeah, so uh, the first two episodes of Ahsoka are now out. This is the newest Star Wars show on Disney Plus. Uh, starring Rosario Dawson as the titular Jedi outcast Ahsoka. And yeah, I I watched it. I reviewed it. You can check out the review on winteriscoming.net right now. And I have a lot of thoughts. And Dan, I know you watched the first one. Did you get a chance to see the second episode too? I did. Uh, I watched the first one. I paid attention. The second one, cool. I ate my lunch during it. But um, yes, I am I am caught Fair. up. So no need to cool. spare my emotions. <laughs> yeah. So we won't, you know, go too deep into spoilers or whatever for any of you out there who maybe haven't seen it because it's been out less than 24 hours. True. Uh, but generally speaking, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm like pleasantly surprised because I've been starting to feel like the like the burnout of Star Wars right. and Marvel stuff. Uh, you know, the Mandalorian kind of had a, a bit of a muted reception mm-hmm. to its third season. And I think Ahsoka captures that Star Wars magic. It's so good. Like, I, I did not expect to be this excited. So, Dan, what did you think of this before I just rant for hours on end? <laughs> yes, I'm sure you'll uh, you have a spot to say. First of all, um, I definitely <laughs> agree with Leo, who says that yeah. the time change is fantastic for everyone. Ditch the Netflix model. Yes. Oh, my God. Totally. Releasing a new episode of a TV show at like 8 p.m., on a weeknight when everyone is home, who would who who could have predicted that would be a good idea? Yeah, I I I loved that yeah. rather than three a.m. when like no one can watch and enjoy it together. Um, I'm not sure yep. I love it quite as much as you did, but I watched those episodes and I and and I and I definitely enjoyed them. I I liked the kind of there's like a stateliness to it. I liked the kind of yes. simple dialogue that didn't say too much but was delivered kind of slowly in a way that let the actors kind of convey what they might be feeling or thinking that contrast the dialogues on their faces. Like the show kind of held shots for a while in conversations, especially it had a nice like stately is what I want to keep saying, like a, 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 a nice yeah. relaxed stately, almost <laughs> like formal sheen to it. And it worked like it. Yes, it was serious enough that I was invested while not being so serious it ignores the fact this is about like you know 
goofy eared alien people fighting each other with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, light swords. Um, I did really, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, and I've never seen, by the way, Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars. So I, I didn't know any of that. I know that it's, it, it's like yeah. has roots in that, but I was able to pick up on everything because it wasn't terribly complicated. It was like Ahsoka and this character Sabine Wren who were kind of reconnecting. Plenty of time to introduce yeah. them both. Plenty of time to get, get a, give you a feel for their relationship. And then I I was entertained at the end of the first episode where there was a lightsaber fight because I kind of knew both characters and it was fun to watch them fight. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked the second episode where they went to that little dock things and there were some... I love a good um uh, secret Nazi plot where there's like um evil imperial people who are still hanging around and having power but they're trying to keep on the down low that's always fun i enjoy that i do as i watched the second episode it occurred to me that the show does still suffer a bit from disney's patented forever story format like i they're looking for this guy thrawn and they'll probably find him i'm a little i'm starting to be afraid they're going to find him in like the last episode at the very end and then say watch the movie in a subtitle so i have a feeling that's what's going to happen but i did Mm -hmm. i i do enjoy watching the show performances are really good the action was inventive and also just fun to watch entertaining and um i liked the the more placid moments too so it was good it was simple straightforward good clean sci-fi fun yeah, I I very much agree with I think pretty much everything you said. So I have seen Rebels. I actually so here's the trip for me. I finished Rebels Monday night and then watched Ahsoka last night. Damn. So I went straight from Rebels into it. It has been an experience. Uh, r- r- really quick, um, Ahsoka Tano is just because we have some people in the chat. Ahsoka Tano is a former Jedi lady with big alien ears. <laughs> Played by Rosario Dawson. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, she is. I believe the species is a Togruta. Uh, that's important to know. Can we know that? Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka was Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. This isn't Ooh. really spoilers for the show. This is the plot of the Clone Wars animated series, which I've only seen episodes of. But that series is all about Anakin training Ahsoka. And she turned her back on the Jedi and is kind of like an outcast doing her own thing, but still mm. has lightsabers, still does all the stuff. So I... You know, in response to Leo, Leo said, didn't like that it slowed down between lines. I personally loved that. I have seen a few people say the pacing was a little slow. I thought the pacing was perfect and I thought it was very intentional. So uh, bringing it back to the stateliness you mentioned, uh, I think part of that is that Ahsoka, in terms of the cinematography and the music and the way it's written and uh, paced, is more like one of George Lucas's Star Wars movies than anything that that we have seen since George Lucas's Star Wars movies. Um, And I think it does a really, really amazing job of balancing, servicing those movies and the prequels, because there are a lot of references stylistically and literally to the prequels here, too. Like the the relationship between Balin Skull, who is uh, Ray Stevenson, the late Ray Stevenson. That's who the dedication on the premiere is to. Uh, him and his apprentice, whose name evades me right now. So Lady they with have, French chop. Yes. Uh, Shin Hati is her name. So they have a, a master apprentice relationship that's more reminiscent of the prequels. And that's on purpose. So they have all of that and then they have the rebels characters and this really is like like andrew said he would recommend watching the rebels first uh and i think this is a good question do you need to watch rebels and clone wars for ahsoka i think the answer to that is no and i think that's because they wrote it well enough 
that you you still get an idea of what these characters mean to each other. So yeah. there, there's backstory, there's context, there are lots of Easter eggs for the people who've seen Rebels. But there's also a lot of stuff that is like post-Rebels or it's new characters like Balin and the woman who is a captive at the beginning, Morgan Elsbeth, I think her name is. She's from The Mandalorian season two. The witchy woman, who I really liked. But there are so many new elements that even if you've seen Rebels, the show still has to explain the story well enough. Because like Sabine and Ahsoka's relationship, that's not from Rebels. That is like post-Rebels material that they're kind of filling in. Like Big had tensions after. So uh, I I think it's kind of incredible to me how well they've balanced that to be able to service all of those audiences and still have it be comprehensible. And I think this is more comprehensible and feels less like the, you know, you mentioned the infinite storytelling and I agree that is a peeve of mine too. But I think the nice thing about this is I could see someone who is not into the infinite storytelling, being able to pick up Ahsoka and still enjoy it. Like it's just another star Wars thing. Um, I mean, I so, did. Yeah, I, I yeah. So I I think it, it's better than I hoped it would be, honestly, because I've been let down by some of the Star Wars sure. stuff, like Obi Wan Kenobi, and Ahsoka is kind of just it, it's what I hoped that series would be. Um, I think our our coworker Camilla said this to me this morning that that Ahsoka mm. is what she hoped oh. Obi Wan could be, and that is kind of how I feel too. I I think it it is the most excited I've been about Star Wars in quite some time. And I think Andrew is totally on point with this. It's like when a book is adapted to a film, readers will catch Easter eggs, but non-readers won't be lost. That's exactly how I feel about the way they're handling the Rebels characters in Ahsoka. So yeah, it's it's great. So I'm glad you liked it too, Dan. Maybe a little less, but it did not repel you. So that's great. It did not repel me. No, I enjoyed it. I did not watch Rebels. (laughs) I have no intention to watch Rebels and I enjoyed it. Two quick points. I guess, first of all, yes. you, you can pick it up just fine, I think. I'll just repeat myself. Mm-hmm. I do have a bad feeling that even if you, I got a bad feeling about this, um, that if, if you pick it up <laughs> without having seen the rest of it, okay, great. But it's going to want you to keep going with whatever they have coming next. I kind of doubt it's going to wrap up in any satisfying way. I, I, I just have a feeling. I think it's going to ask you to go into the theater, not just like tune into the next season either. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, the other thing I want to say yeah. is I really like saving Ren's hair. Who plays her? Yes. Natasha Lou Bordizo. Yeah. Her. I apologize if I'm saying her name wrong. Yeah. She's and fantastic. I, I don't. She was. Yeah. She was excellent for me. And her hair was great. Like rainbow colored yes. hair, that's dicey. Like that could look real stupid. <laughs> Some, something about like the way they lit it and and the way they kind of let it kind of flap in the breeze a little bit while she had contemplative shots looking into the distance. I was like, oh, that looks nice. And I never like like yeah. that kind of gaudy hair. But um, quality, good. This is the it's probably the first instance in the history of the world of good rainbow colored <laughs> hair. And I want that noted. When she cut it, I was like, no, you look great at the end of the episode, too. <laughs> that, that that was one of my that was my biggest um, yeah. um reactions of the night. But I just wanted to say that. Kudos on the wig master. Yeah. We 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 yeah. appreciate good wigs here on Take the Black. We do appreciate we have a lot of experience critiquing wigs. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, I agree. I think. Uh, Sabine's hair was great. I thought about that too. I was like, man, they really did a good, perfect job dyeing that hair or making that wig, whatever they did. 
Uh, I agree with Andrew. Sabina's close to perfect casting. And it's funny to hear you be like, no, not your hair. Because yeah, that is like so good. one of the quirks of her character is she changes her hair constantly. Uh, so that is definitely a very intentional thing they carried over. She always has crazy hair. She's a graffiti artist. So that's why there are all these drawings all over her walls and her apartment, her armor, all that stuff. She sounds uh, like the coolest yeah, middle schooler. Pretty much. That's, you know, she's got a lot of fans and there's definitely a reason for that. Also, I, I need to shout out here. The loath cat, her her cat, cute. I thought so cute. I think they've really improved the uh, like the technology for that because we had some loth cats in the Mandalorian. I think one showed up, and this is the nicest looking one, the one I most want as a pet. I think they combined a real physical puppet with a bit of CG Definitely, for yeah. some of the movements. But yeah, that that loath cat, I'm ready for the merch. Give me all the merch of that cat. And also look cute. the, the yeah, literal one of those cats. Yeah. Like lizard what legs? What else? What else do we need to hit on for Ahsoka? Well, we have to say that I think a good place to end, of course. Uh, oh, Andrew asked Loath Cat or oh. Grogu. I'd say Grogu. That's hard. No, Grogu. Grogu can like, you know, can get your car out of a ditch. Loath Cat can't do that. That's true. Also, Julie says that you've inspired her to, to give it a go, Daniel. So no higher compliment than that. Awesome. And Julie, if you don't like it, you know who to blame. All right. Yes. Yeah. Anything else on this before we move on? Yeah. Uh, Julie, hope you enjoy it. Uh, Leo, yes. Have to honor the the shout yes. out to Ray Stevenson, who plays Balin Skull. Uh, he passed away earlier this year. He is a phenomenal actor. And he I, I really like his character in this. Uh, Ray Stevenson is one of those actors who does like imposing physically, uh, you know, scary villains really well, but then can flip easily to like show he has a gentle side or there's more depth to him and i think this show is doing a really good job of that oh one thing i i did want to mention about this since we were talking about clone wars and rebels one thing if you are interested and you enjoy ahsoka i would recommend re-watching is the fifth episode of the mandalorian season two that's the one that introduces ahsoka as rosario dawson or Rosaria Dawson as Ahsoka. It also introduces Morgan Elsbeth, which I forgot. I rewatched it this afternoon. So that is that shows how Morgan Elsbeth got captured, which is where Ahsoka starts. So that that's a good one to revisit, just as a note for the people who Reading have too your much review, time on their hands. I was like, like, does he remember this lady was on The Mandalorian? I couldn't quite no, tell if you, if you did. I did not. I, I totally did. I actually went back and I added a sentence sentence in after i watched the mandalorian season two because i did not remember okay that's the danger of the infinite storytelling it's so easy True. to forget yeah. stuff when there are a million things to keep track of by the way uh andrew asked how do you think the force ghost of kaigan jin feels after, feels after episode one is that code was he I, in it i do not know not nonplussed he wasn't in ahsoka was he no Okay. Not okay. not that I'm aware of. There are a couple of moments where some some voices are heard in characters' head, but I don't think he's one of them because um, he didn't have a relationship with Ahsoka because he died yeah, before that. She was a thing. Okay. Oh, and uh, finally, Leo wonders if there's no voice actors for Ahsoka, whose name escapes me, love a role. Uh, probably. They had a couple of folk. I understand that Clancy Brown was in Rebels and he had like a live yeah. action role here as governor something something. So, um. Dave Filoni seems like the kind of showrunner who likes to, I don't know, keep his um his old buddies, give them little jobs. I wouldn't be surprised if she showed up. Maybe she played yep. the cat. Same. <laughs> One Same. can hope. 
Yeah. All right, Daniel. Um, what else are you watching or reading? And indeed, to everyone watching, what are you watching or reading beyond the stuff we just talked about? Because there, right now, for me, there is plenty to watch and read. I tell you what. There is a lot. There is a lot. Uh, so Star Wars has kind of been eating my my life sure. the past few days. Like I no said, hard. I finished Rebels, watching Ahsoka, a little bit of The Mandalorian. I've also been watching, which I think you're right. I don't know how much we can talk about this, but I can at least mention it. Watching the second season of The Wheel of Time, which premieres mm-hmm. next Friday, I believe, September 1st. And yeah, that's that is... I'm excited to see the reactions to that. I, I, I think it's a more confident show this season. I won't say anything spoilery, but I just say I've liked it. Yeah. I've watched Wheel of Time season two and I've enjoyed yeah. it. And that's it. Yeah, I think that is a fair statement. There are some things I have. I definitely have thoughts about. They make some interesting choices uh, during the adaptation for this, which kind of unavoidable mm-hmm. because the books are enormous. I've been also doing the perhaps somewhat inadvisable thing because I already have so much to watch and read. I've been peeking at chapters of The Great Hunt. That's the uh, the Wheel Ooh, of Time book that it. this season is based on. So I've been reading that a little bit as well as this other book, The Phoenix King by Aparna Verma. Uh, this is really cool. This comes out uh, next Tuesday and it's like an Indian-inspired fantasy Ooh. story. Um, lots of fire magic, assassins. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Dune. It's got like science fiction elements. Like people have blasters and like hollow pods and, you know, hovercrafts. Ooh. So the world is very, very cool in this. It almost reminds me more of Dune than a fantasy book. Uh, but yeah, so that that's what I, I've been watching, reading, etc. What about you, Dan? Quite a bit. I've had a, I've had a full dance card lately. Um, Julie says she got back to rewatch The Tudors. Yes. Loved it the first time around. Still do. Nice. Tudors was a great show. And finished Warrior. Fantastic. Yeah, I finished Warrior. It was fantastic. Third season, this Mac show, Warrior, martial arts drama, period thing, set the 1870s San Francisco. So good. So well written. So well acted. And they really drove it home in the season finale of season three. Yeah. They really had an emotional like tear out your gut sort of confrontation, which I thought was terrific. They did. They just go all out on that show. And I just wish to God Mm. more folk knew that it existed because it really is really, really good. War season three was very, very good. I had some issues, but it was very, very good. And I hope Max renews it for season four. I could go with a couple more seasons, honestly, of this show. It's it's more than good enough to earn that. I hope yeah. it happens. Let's see. Julie also said it for the Wheel of Time. We are too. And Julie, I'll tell you right now, I, nice. we, we, we we can't say anything because our bloggers not there yet, but I think we both have liked what we saw. Natalie yeah. E asked me, how am I liking the three body problem? She just finished Death Sentence. I think it's the third and final book of the series. I'm not mm-hmm. sure though. No idea how Benioff and White are going to adapt it. I'm still reading it. I'm not done, Daniel. I know you're going to make fun of me. I'm reading it every day. I'm not as fast as you. I can't get to the book that quickly. Don't make fun of There's me. There's like, no shame behind my here. back. I know you do it, but I'm almost, I'm, I'm like two no. minutes away through. I like it. It, it. It's still really cool, really different, really interesting, really kind of sells these hard sci-fi concepts in a way that I can see it being cinematic. Like Natalie said that she can't see how they can adapt it. Now that I've read it, I can like, I don't know, I can see this working. Like now that I've read through it, remember some of those weird images from the trailer where there were like horses going up into the air? Like now I've gotten to those parts and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty faithful <laughs> to like the, the version from the book. 
I could see it being really interesting. I do think they might have problems, I don't know, fleshing out because the characters are maybe a little dry. Like the main guy is mm. a, like a, a little bit cipher-esque. It's more about the ideas, but I yeah. can see a really interesting, compelling series based on this stuff. Um, so I've been watching that. Oh, Nicole teed me off. Tried the Winter King season one, did not enjoy episode one, which I'd hope. Confusing the acting was off. I agree. I was so disappointed. So I read the Winter uh, King books when I was like a young I was like in middle school. I loved them. I've thought for years, especially since I got this job, they would make a great TV series. And now someone did it. Someone made the Winter King, Bernard Cornwell's kind of trilogy about King Arthur, these books, the Warlord Chronicles. They're being adapted for TV on MGM Plus, which exists, I guess. If you didn't know that, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> and I watched first episode bad, like not only like kind of mid pretty bad. I thought like everything I liked about the books isn't there. They kind of take away all the really cool angles and make it pretty bland. It's gritty and dark and bloody, but with none of like the detail and the historical context that really made the books to me feel very enveloping. I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. it. And I'm going to keep watching and see if it gets any better. I didn't like it. Cornwell also wrote The Last Kingdom, um, which was a a, a a pretty big Netflix show. And I was hoping they would do it like that, like just because those books were pretty faithfully. Yeah. And and the and, and the Winter King books don't have anybody like Uhtred, who's like an amazing, unstoppable, ageless uh, medieval Ubermensch, which was my occasional problem with him. I just this could have been yeah. so good. And so far, eh, I wasn't a big fan, but I'll, I'll keep watching and seeing what's up. See, what else did I watch? Anything else? Oh, you put on that. Yeah. Three body problem with season Q, the Winter King warrior. Lots to watch. I'm also watching Andrew, the yeah. Adventure Adventures with Superman show. I'm still enjoying that. Watching the Harley Quinn show, still enjoying that. Nice. What we're doing the Shadows is funny. I'm watching that. Lots of stuff. Oh, cool. So much. Too much. Better call Saul. Yeah. Woo! So much stuff. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. I still need it to is. watch the new season of what we do in the Shadows. Um, I've also been watching uh Only Murders in the Building, which has a new season that's airing right now. That's also a lot of fun. You know, a bunch of really great actors doing a murder mystery and it's mm -hmm. just really entertaining. There's also a show that just came to Apple TV Plus that I'm planning on checking out called Pantheon, uh, which is an animated series that was on AMC Plus and it got canceled. So it's based on, I believe, a short story from Ken Liu, who is the author of oh. the Dandelion Dynasty, um, which are they're like this it's they're called silk punk books they're kind of like steampunk mixed with a lot of chinese influence they're very cool books uh but yeah he has a series called pantheon that just went to apple tv plus this week i believe so gonna probably check that out before our next show but yeah oh. there's there's a lot fyi ken lu you say ken lu yeah, he's the he translated the three body problem. The three body problem into English. Did a bank up job. Yeah. I'd be surprised. He did a great job. I'm enjoying his work, kind of. And Luigi Jim's at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's excellent. And he's talked about how like that translating a, a work is such a, you know, it's such an interesting thing. It's yeah. not as simple as just one to one, these are what the words say. Yeah, true. Uh so yeah, it seems like he did a really good job with those. A lot of people like them. You reminded me, the one thing I wanted to say about the three-body problem, which I still need to read. I'm going to try to get to it before the show. I am, I'm excited for Benioff and Weiss to adapt 
a meaty, complicated story like this that is finished. Because I think mm-hmm. Benioff and Weiss did a lot of their best work when they had a really clear framework of George R. R. Martin's books to work off Brutal. of. And so the three-body problem is done. So I'm curious to see how they handle that. It, I am too. It's it's not really a character-driven story the way that A Song of Ice and Fire is. Yeah. Song of Ice and Fire has so many great characters up and down, backwards and forwards, old, young, middle-aged, male, female, from different areas, different viewpoints. Like, it's just, it's an embarrassing richness of characters. This is a much smaller cast and way more about the mood and as like a Trojan horse to teach you about quantum computing. Um, And it's really good at that. (laughs) And it it, it, it definitely has an, an, an... an epic scale to it, but it's a very different kind of story. So I, I am also very curious as to what they do with it. Yeah, that's definitely one of the the conundrums with like that type of of sci-fi adapting it. Hearing you talk about this makes me think of um. There's an author named David Brin who he writes mm-hmm. really great books, but they're exactly what you're talking about. A lot of them where they're less character focused and more like the big ideas and and sneaky ways to learn about the science. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is it's interesting to think about that jumping to TV because, you know, a lot of TV viewers relate to character. Uh, Yeah, that's why a show like Lost did so well, partially because it had a bajillion characters and there were a lot of people for viewers to relate to. Kind of the same with Game of Thrones. Uh, So, yeah, I am intrigued about that. Leo asks, how do you feel about the cast on the three body problem so far? They're creepy cipher people and occasionally uh the police <laughs> the the sassy police detective comes in and reminds you that there are human beings in this story which i like I do you have you met the characters who john bradley and liam cunningham are playing if you mean white people i don't think so <laughs> i guess they could play um <laughs> i guess they could play some of like the people in the three body game because that brings in like isaac newton Mm. and all these like great figures from the past um but no i see i i I don't believe so gotcha it's gotcha it should be really really cool and uh yeah we should move on but really really fast uh andrew asked about the rebel moon trailer thoughts i thought i thought it looked fun it looked like Zack snyder it looked like you know slow-mo and sinewy bodies and uh big old epic scale i think it looks cool uh we'll see what happens when we get more of that a little bit later but i do think we should move on to the wick news lightning round because we are running out of time sounds good yeah you summed up my thoughts on rebel moon as well pretty much star wars dune uh directed by Zack snyder (laughs) i'm intrigued i will i will be watching it but yeah, so lightning round where we race the clock to answer news stories we didn't have time to get to in our main show, answering in no less than 20 seconds, no more than 20 seconds, I meant lest producer Richard buzzes us into obscurity and shame. Uh, Dan, do you want to start off? Do you want me to start off? I want you to start me off. Ask me. Okay. The Marvel's director, uh, Nia DaCosta, says superhero fatigue absolutely exists yeah um this director of this next big new marvel movie said that it's real because we've talked about that the people just less interested in superheroes and the box office returns are starting to go down a bit um and i think it'll be prophetic for her because i don't feel like many folk will really talk about the marvels that much i don't feel like there's a lot of buzz around it i wouldn't be surprised if this little prediction comes true for that one in particular but we'll find out good for you need to cost up be brave yeah did i go under Oh, whatever. I guess so. Daniel. Well done. 
Yes. I hear a buzzer. Okay. This one is for you because I know that you were you 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 were into this story uh, during the yes, week. Yes, I was. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> Loki, WandaVision, The Mandalorian, and even the new Predator movie Prey are all getting physical home releases. What do you think about that in the context of everything going streaming and getting rid of physical home releases? Well, I think this is a little bit of Disney realizing, hey, maybe people will actually give us money for our shows and movies that we're investing tons of money and making. Um, <laughs> Who'd have thought? I think this is a good thing. It, it makes it's money left on the table if they don't do it. Like, let people buy these things. They're not going to cancel mm-hmm. Disney Plus because they have WandaVision on DVD. I'm most excited about Prey because I love Predator. I think that movie was one of my favorite movies last year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a buzz. That's a buzz. Cut Uh, off. Prey, October 3rd. I will be getting it. Okay. Okay. I feel like we just got buzzed by uh, like, who's that person on the Simpsons with the really gritty voice? Um, (laughs) Otto? Sure. Um, Yeah. I wish we did hear your voice, Richard, but, but, uh, We'll see. Okay. Um, I heard it. Ask me. I heard it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Disney Plus is making a show based on the books by Rick Riordan, Percy Jackson, and the Olympians. It is premiering December 20th on Disney Plus. Yeah. uh, This Percy Jackson, the Olympians is kind of post Harry Potter, big, epic, uh, magical children, uh, save the world fantasy series. I think I got a couple of movies back in the day, but they were like kind of whatever. They're making a big new show for Disney Plus, number 20th. Cool. Not really my cup of tea exactly. I think I'm a little old for this, but um, a lot of fans it has. So I'm glad for them. And if you can't hear, I don't uh, people, if, if you can't hear it, our producer Richard is literally saying the word buzz because we can't hear the buzzer. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. I heard it. <laughs> this is fun. We're having a good time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Daniel, I'm, so uh, okay I'm sorry about this. this. We should do it this way every week. We'll talk about that later. Um, Daniel, <laughs> Amazon has canceled one of your favorite shows, The Peripheral, as well as A League of Their Own. And this after renewing them for second seasons. But then, no, pulling the rug off from under them. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's. I think it sucks. Uh, so this is, you know, it's a trend of, of studios canceling shows after they've renewed them. Amazon, I believe, is blaming this on the strikes. They're saying, basically, production is going to go too long. It'll be too long of a wait between seasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we're canceling them. And for the peripheral, maybe I could see that argument. A League of Their Own fans, they'll wait. I know. I got buzzed. But I had to, you know, give A League of Their Own fans the credit. Because they fought hard for that show. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. Am I still talking? (laughs) I don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, you know, like a dog or something. Like I can't hear that frequency of of Richard's smooth radio voice. Okay, so this is interesting. A federal judge ha- says that art created purely by AI cannot be copyrighted. Yeah, this was cool. Uh, a uh, district court judge in DC, I believe, came up with a ruling about a piece of artwork created by an AI machine basically said um, the person, I think the guy who made the AI machine wanted the copyright. And the judge said, no, a human, if a robot creates a piece of artwork or or text, there can't be a copyright because it's only made for humans. Oh, there's so much to this story, but okay. (laughs) I I understand. Basically no copyright and AI stuff. Although there could be exceptions (laughs) if you like help arrange it. We talk about that uh, later. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Dan, that's a good one. uh, 
John yes. Hamm, noted actor man, will voice Boba Fett in uh, the new Star Wars anthology audiobook. Yeah, so uh, there's an, a new Star Wars anthology coming out next week. From a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, oh, it is thing. taking minor characters from Return of the Jedi and I'm doing short stories from their points of view. These books are fantastic. They did them already for A New Hope and uh, Empire. And yeah, John Hamm is voicing Boba Fett in a story by Tara Sim, who wrote City of Dusk Buzz. and the Big Night Kingdom. Buzz. Buzz. That's where we're at. Okay, I think is, is this the final one? No, we've got two more. Two more for your enjoyment, friends. Uh, so the Witcher director, Mark Jobst, hinted that one of the reasons Henry Cavill left the series was because it was getting too exhausting for him doing all that intensive filming and all his own stunts. Yeah, Um. so we're all trying to piece together why Henry Cavill left The Witcher. And here's another suggestion. He was tired of doing all the stunts, which apparently does all the stunts himself. It's very impressive. And he's like, I'm 40. I need to go, I don't know, relax. I can't do this anymore. Sure, I can I can believe it. I just want an official explanation. Totally. I'm sure we'll get it at some point. Buzz. That's nice. a buzz. That's a buzz. <laughs> All right. Finally, Daniel, Blue Beetle came out, the latest big DC movie. Critics and audiences liked it, but um, it didn't make much money. Forty five million, I think, in the first week. I think Bobby made like one hundred and sixty eight million. So it's um, on its way to bomb. You know, Blue Beetle is one of those movies where I hope it does well. I hope it finds its audience. Unlike a lot of other superhero movies, I can at least look at this one and say, I really like the person who is cast playing the lead role. I like that it's repping Latino <laughs> families. I could see this movie meaning a lot to some people as opposed to The Flash, which means a lot to no one. Um, so, yeah, it's sad that it's not doing well, but I hope it has a good long tail. OK, and that's just where we're going to leave it. Thank you to everyone who tuned <laughs> in. Thank you to, of course, Daniel for your your splendid company. Um, thank you to Facebook always. for hosting. In fact, we're hosting on Facebook and YouTube, the Winners Coming channels, every single Wednesday at uh, 2 p.m. CST, 3 a.m. Australian or uh, in, in, in Melbourne um, and other times as well. You can download mm-hmm. us wherever podcasts are downloadable to hear us in your off time, you know, driving the car going to the gym, going for a walk, whatever it is you do. We're just so happy to do this all the time. We had so much fun. I had a good time. Hope I hope you had a good time. And uh, we keep doing this because there's no business like snow business. Bye, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.